Hello and welcome to the ADHD Mums podcast. I'm your host, Jane, and I'm here to make sure you know you are not alone. This is a safe place where we can talk openly about our struggles with having ADHD, being a mum, and dealing with life a little outside the box. We are real people with real stories who want to be able to laugh and strive to be better than what we were yesterday. My name is Jane McFadden, and I'm a 36-year-old mother of three who was diagnosed with ADHD a little over a year ago. I'm here to help you live out your full potential with a diagnosis or without one. I own and run a telehealth psychology company. I've worked in and studied psychology for the past 15 years. I am passionate about helping others take back their life and having a great time while doing so. On this show, you can expect to laugh, hear vulnerable discussions and learn why things are the way they are for mums with ADHD. No two humans are the same, no two diagnoses are the same and no two stories are the same. It's something that feels very personal and we as mums seem to find a way to pressure ourselves to be perfect, to work in a great job we get paid well for and are passionate about, to have a clean, tidy home and well-mannered, obedient children, to have it all. Can we just drop the expectations? We have a lot to learn and a whole lot to look forward to on this podcast, so let's dive in. Firstly, I wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening in. We have managed to hit number 12 on the mental health podcast in Australia, which I'm proud about because, as I said in my first episode, I thought there'd only be a couple of listeners. However, I'd love some more feedback. So if you want to fill out the feedback form in my link tree in Instagram or Facebook, or just send me a message with what you enjoy, one of the words that I've been hearing or seeing a lot in the inbox is relatable. That you ladies see this podcast as something that relates to you and you see yourselves in it. I encourage you to send me a message, come on the podcast, leave me a voicemail and I'll play them back. And I think we can all contribute to make this community better. I never wanted this podcast to be all about me. I want it to be about all of us in the Australian community of ADHD mums. So feel free to send me in a message, have a laugh, leave me a voicemail in my Facebook inbox or Instagram inbox, and I'll play them out. You can be anonymous. Even if you want to tell me something funny that you've done, great, let's hear it. So today's episode, how to prioritize and make decisions. I'm hoping to learn a lot here. I certainly haven't mastered it. I've both taken medication and drunk two coffees in order to decide what to say on this podcast. This doesn't necessarily come naturally to me. However, the blind leading the blind on this one. We know that one of the main executive functions that ADHD people struggle with is executive function. We know it's proven, it's science. We have deficiencies in the area. It's not an excuse. We know that ADHD people struggle with executive function and prioritizing and planning, making decisions. It's a skill that we can develop. And we are going to talk about that in today's episode. How can we develop better skills around making decisions? Decision-making is an important component of surviving or thriving at life, whichever one you're doing right now. You might be surviving, you might be thriving. Either way, decision-making is part of that. One of the things that I think comes into play here is that we as ADHDers have collected a lot of evidence that we make bad decisions. And I think that that builds into our self-trust and our ability to trust ourselves to make decisions. We have all made bad decisions in the past and we have made good decisions in the past. 
So we don't want to dwell on the bad decisions that we've made, even though we will all have lots of evidence that we may or may not be very good at decision making. I know for me, I struggled to prioritize important but boring things. I don't think I make bad decisions necessarily, although I have in the past many, but day to day, I have difficulty making the decision more so than making bad decisions often. I've certainly made lots of big bad decisions. However, that's not a daily thing. That might be a monthly thing. Let's face it. But it does seem to be an issue to choose, choosing. And a lot of ADHD mums that I've spoken to say it's difficult to choose. There are too many options. The first thing I'd love to say here is that we need to be aware that one of the reasons that we have trouble to prioritize is because our brains do not naturally easily put things into priority the way that a neurotypical brain does. So what happens is, instead of our brain being able to organize things into an order just naturally, what happens with our brains is that everything kind of holds the same level of importance, the same weight in our minds. It's really important to acknowledge this. If you could imagine all of your tasks speaking to you, they would literally all be saying, me next, me next, me next, me next, me next. Wherever you walk, what happens in your mind, they will all be at the same volume. It's like each task is kind of yelling at you, do me next, do me next, do me next, like the kids like squawking at you like seagulls. And it's at the same volume. So neurotypical people can more easily figure out what is the most important and most urgent because that's kind of like the loudest voice in the pack. And then it kind of prioritizes as the volume goes down. That's more of a natural thing that a neurotypical brain will do. An ADHD brain does not naturally do that. We actually have to do it ourselves manually if you think about it. So if you think about the level of importance in your brain, it's kind of horizontal. It's not vertical from most important to least. The most critical task like paying rent will probably look similar to putting out the rubbish that's not even due to go out. So we manually have to think what is the most important. We have to learn the skill about turning up the volume on the most important task and turning down the volume on the least important task. Let's acknowledge for a moment that that's a manual thing you have to do every day that a neurotypical brain does not do. So we need to be aware it's slightly harder for us. When we're acknowledging it's slightly harder for us, let's be a little compassionate in the way that we look at ourselves. For example, I try to be, not all the time, I try to be compassionate towards my children when I ask them to put their library bag in the bag. And I know it's really hard for me to remember that. I go off and have a shower and it's really difficult to re-remember the job. And of course, my ADHD child has just wandered off into the abyss of the toy room. They're doing nothing they're supposed to be doing. And it really irks me. But I also have to remember that they have the same problem that I have. So it takes a lot for me to remember and it takes a lot for them to remember. When they go to find their book, they see something else, they wander off. So let's be compassionate to ourselves, not just to others. We also need to be aware that we will add a layer of drama as we go through this process. So you're trying to figure out what the most important task is which is not necessarily easy, but then, and this isn't everybody, this may not resonate with you, however, I think it will with most, 
Sometimes we then berate ourselves during the process. So then the self-talk comes. I'm not good at this. I don't make good decisions. I probably won't pick the right thing. I may as well give up. Maybe I'll sit down and scroll on my phone instead. And we start to add a layer of drama that is going to make it harder and even more struggling to actually make a decision about where to start. We can choose to be angry. It's not fair. Or we can do the best we can. Today, we are choosing to do the best we can. I don't choose that every day, but we're going to do that today. So what you might notice is when you start to make the decision is that you start to resist reality. I wish it wasn't this way. I wish I didn't. Why is it this way? And we need to peel back some of the shame and the self-judgment that we have around it and judging ourselves for being us and looking at all the evidence of all the times that we failed. At this point, let's just notice the judgment, notice the self-talk and notice how much energy we're putting in it. Imagine if you put all of that negative energy into accepting yourself, because that takes a lot of work and time too. So look at the self-talk, and this might be something that you need to do with a psychologist or do it one-on-one, but I just want you to notice the self-talk that comes as you make a decision. Could you imagine having your child in the morning trying to get ready for school and then having someone just follow them around? berating them, telling them how, how terrible they are and they'll never be ready on time at the same point. If that happened, I would literally box that person out of the way. But yet we do it to ourselves. So let's just notice what happens in our brains as we are trying to make a good decision here. Now, I've noticed two things that my brain does after the berating or while this is happening. Of course, that happens to me as well. But I'll come up with two, two things. First one, my brain will say, I just don't know. I don't know what to decide. Second will be, I'm confused. I need more information. Let me know if that resonates with you. When you are struggling to prioritize or struggling to decide, when you are struggling to say, this is my priority, this is what I will do first, your brain, if it's similar to mine, will say, I don't know, or I'm confused. Go get more information. That there is one of the biggest reasons why we procrastinate. We tell ourselves we don't know. We tell ourselves we're confused. We tell ourselves we need more time. We need more information. We need to research more. Let's go on our phones. However, one of the biggest issues with decision-making is the procrastination. If you think about everybody in the world, we physically cannot be friends with every person in the world, and we don't want to. We have to choose. This is life. We have to start by making a decision. Now, my first response when I hear those words come out of my mouth is, well, that's not true for me. I'm a superhero and I will do it all. I will do all of the tasks on my list. I don't really have a great balance. I'm either doing all of the jobs or I'm sitting down and not doing anything. And then I'm just whipping myself basically for not doing anything and not being productive enough. It's one or the other for me. Let's look at a way that we can have balance because there is balance. It does exist, but we just need to choose it. So be okay that when you're choosing three things out of 20 that you need to do today, you are going to feel a bit of a sense of loss. You are going to feel guilt. You are going to think if I was better, I would be able to do all 20. Just know that that's probably going to happen. But that's okay because that means you're prioritizing. That means you are choosing. That means you're deciding. And I think it's really important to know that delaying your decision because you can't do it all 
is actually living in fantasy and not in reality. By continuing to live in the world of fantasy that you can achieve the 20 tasks in one day is not living in today's world. If you are trying to do it all, if you are telling yourself you should be able to do all the goals, you should be able to prioritize all the things, you should be able to have, you know, your main job, your side job, you should have the perfect house, you should be able to do all these things for your kids, you should be the perfect wife, that means that you are unwilling to prioritize. We know we have limited capacity. We know in reality that we have to start deciding. The other thing that we know that we do is that we delay the decision and delay the choosing because of a sense of right and wrong. What is the right thing to do? There's a feeling of fear that you could get it wrong. That maybe you have a sense that you're not holding up your end in your relationship at home or in your family or in your friends. So you have a sense that they're going to be unhappy with you if you don't do the right thing. We need to be clear, there's no right and wrong decision. The only wrong decision is indecision. The wrong decision is not deciding. The start of the day, you have to decide where to prioritize. It's going to be difficult, but you've got to, you've got to do it. Once you start to make decisions, you will gain momentum. A decision is a step in the right direction. Once you've decided to prioritize one thing, two things, three things, what this will give you is more information. You can then tweak it and say, oh, actually, that was the right decision. I think I'm going to go in this direction. I might put this one first. And you're moving. You're starting to, you're starting to shift gears. You're starting to find the way forward. That is a big step from the analysis paralysis of I don't know where to start. The other thing is to be aware of how big these decisions are. Are you deciding whether to buy some track pants from Kmart for your three-year-old for winter? Or are you deciding to go on an international holiday? Those are different levels of decisions. Are you looking at changing your child's school, going to the doctor about your mental health? Are you making big decisions or small decisions? Because with ADHD, they might feel similar. But we need to be aware of how large this decision really is. If you're talking about leaving your husband or wife, that's a big decision. You should really think about that one. If you're thinking about what shoes to wear or whether you should do pick up and have a coffee with a friend or not, or what time to make the GP's appointment, small decisions. You also need to be aware if you're prioritizing other people over yourself. When you're prioritizing, think about yourself as well as other people. We might have a lot of people pleasers on this podcast. This isn't prioritizing every single other person and what they want you to do. This is about you. So a lot of the decisions that we might have just in a day might be what to eat, who to spend time with, what to do at work, what to watch on TV, what to read, where to work, should I start a new business, should I change career, what should I focus on in the next hour, should I quit my job, I have to clean my house, where should I start, my husband asked me to do this, should I do that, I think it's colour day, should I read the kids' newsletter, should I do the washing, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't go to work tomorrow, am I going to have enough time later? I want to go out, but then later on I might be hungover. I don't want to deal with my kids in the morning. My husband might be mad, but I want to see my friends. Do you think they'll stop inviting me? It goes on and on. Sometimes we also wonder whether we've worked it out perfectly or not. We are worried if we don't prioritize the right thing, so we just don't prioritize at all. And we're trying to figure out, will this make me happy? Will that make me happy? And what's happening is we're putting our happiness, our contentness, our okayness, 
outside of ourselves and we're not taking responsibility for it. Be aware that when you're prioritizing decisions, you could also be looking for dopamine. I always have this thing about getting a dog and I know it's a bad idea when I really sit quietly and think about it. I know that. But I have this thing around, I think if I had a dog, my life would be easier because it would entertain my kids. The dopamine hit that I would get from deciding to get a dog, picking one out with my kids and having this dog for the first two weeks would be hot. I would like to do that. But I'm very aware now that about three months into having this dog and now I have another thing to take care of with needs, I would not want a dog anymore. My friends even say to me, Jane, stop talking about buying a dog. My husband doesn't want a dog. But yet my decision-making, sometimes I'll come back to, instead of making a decision, I'll start looking at what dog to get, which is completely irrelevant to anything that I'm doing at the moment. I'm sharing that so you know I get where you're at. And this is really hard. But the dopamine hit is real and you really want one. So if I have to look at prioritizing on picking what dog to get in my fantasy or like doing our tax return, it's really difficult. So one of my tactics with all of the things that I want to do is that I do make a decision to put them on the back burner. And what I think has really worked for me, and I'm actually really open to a different app. No one sent me a good app yet. So if there is a good app, let me know. At the moment, I'm just using like the G Suite to-do task, which is kind of out of GCal. You can make categories. So I have one that says today, and I try and keep manageable tasks on there. I know it can be difficult. And I have like a long-term, and then I have a couple of themes like kids, Christmas. And what I do is I try and put all of my thoughts in my phone. So I feel like I have control over them. But a lot of the things in the long-term file, like ideas, I'm very careful not to put into today. So I feel like I'm going to do them and I get that hit of writing it down. But often a few weeks later, I'm like, that's not even a task. I don't even know what that is. However, I would have actually done that that day. So my old Jane a year ago, two years ago, would have put all of it in the to do today list. Literally, I had a note section in my phone and I reckon it was 20 A4 pages long. Like I'm not joking. It was insane in lists and categories. And when I showed the psychologist that diagnosed me with ADHD, he said to me, I have never seen anything like that. And he encouraged me to go home, prioritize what was on there and delete it. Did I ever delete that? I didn't, if I'm honest. However, I moved all of the notes to another section of my phone where I can go back if I need to. So I still feel that element of control. However, I've never gone back to that note section. But by prioritizing it in an area, you feel like you might do it and it's not gone because you all know that when you don't write it down, it's gone. And then I feel a sense of loss. Like that was probably a really good idea that I had. Maybe that was really important. So it's there but it never makes my today list often. It barely ever makes some of those ideas don't make the today list and sometimes they do. So I encourage you to have a look at the GCAL to-do list and start to categorize and prioritize and then you'll actually see what's realistic and what isn't. So for example, let's say I'm doing the tax return, right? <laughs> it's hard for me to even say that because I hate doing the tax return. Let's just say I was doing a tax return 
and I had the best of intentions. I turned my phone on airplane and I really like focused on it. Let's just say that I was doing that. Honestly, it makes me feel like I'm going to die inside to even talk about it, but let's just pretend I am doing that. And something pops into my head. Oh, I need to book a vaccination appointment for my son. Oh, actually, I need to really think about if I'm going to play netball next week. Oh, actually, I haven't called my friend. I hope she's okay. Let's say that starts picking up into my mind, right? What I do at that point, and this is not professional opinion, I'm just sharing what I do. I don't know. Someone might even have a better, a better way of doing this than I do. I usually just talk into Siri and I get them to add it to my G to-do list. So I'll say, make appointment for child, maybe next Monday, question mark. And then in the afternoon or when I've got my kids or when I'm not able to do a lot of tasks, I literally just fill up my to-do list with all of the things in my mind so I can clear my mind. I do it before bed as well. Anything I think of, my husband always has a bit of a giggle because I'm going to sleep. The next thing I'm on my phone, then I put it down. But I'm not scrolling. I'm literally just writing down thoughts so then I can let them leave my brain because I know they're in there if I need them. So that is a good thing. However, if you've got something better, let me know. It's kind of like externalizing your brain. So then something else has all of your focus and attention on the priority. So you don't actually have to think about it all the time. People with neurotypical brains don't actually recycle their to-do list like a washing machine all day. I actually couldn't believe that they don't do that, but they don't seem to do that. I know it's insane. Anyway, you also might notice that your brain will want to try and find a way out from the boring task by finding small, easy jobs. And then you'll be thinking, oh, well, I've got like six of them now. Wouldn't it be better to just knock off the quick, easy tasks? And then you can look at your list and be like, oh, I've only got two things left. But just remember that's what you're supposed to be working on. This is your brain giving you other jobs for quick hits instead of doing the one you're supposed to be doing. So if that happens, just be aware. And if you choose to go off and do the small tasks, just be aware that that's what you're doing and be aware that that's how you're not getting your tax done. If you're still struggling to prioritize at this point, have a think about what other people would say. So if you're thinking, I just still don't get it, think about what would happen about with my co-workers if I didn't get that done today. What would be my partner be really disappointed that I didn't get done today? What would I lay in bed at the end of the night and wish that I had gotten done? What is the thing from this list that I'm going to regret not doing? Because if it's scrolling to research the latest shopping that's come out and you're going to buy something, you're probably not going to be relieved that you've done that at the end of the day. So just notice, what is the thing that you wanted to get done? What did you regret not doing? And start to educate yourself because this is going to be, you know, a work in progress for everybody. What does your team need from you today? What was the one thing that would change everything if you could do today? So set the priority and notice your tendency to want to resist doing the priority task. Notice that it's probably boring to you and know that your brain is going to want to choose the easier, less priority task because they're kind of important. They do need to get done eventually. Our brain is always going to want to do those things. My brain does it every day. If I made that a massive problem for myself, I would be in drama and emotional turmoil every day. Instead of making it a problem, I just notice it, pull myself back to the priority. 
notice it, pull it back to the priority. Oh, look, look what Jane's doing now. Now she's wandered off doing this over here. Have a giggle at yourself and go, right, back on task, Jane, back on task. Also notice that one other thing that you could get caught up in, this happens to me, is I thought that I was the most efficient person in the entire world. But what I've noticed about myself is that I am an inefficient multitasker. I'm doing everything, but also nothing at one time. I might get the end to an eight-hour day at work and realize that I have half done 70 things, but not completed anything. My husband laughs at me all the time, and he calls me half a job Bob, which is kind of funny because that's who I am. So I'll put the hose in the pool to fill it up, but not turn it on. I'll make a coffee for him, but not put sugar in. I will get the bags ready, but then I only get two out of three there, and then I won't put any shoes in. I'll try and find the library bags or the library books, but then I'll only find two, and then I'll get kind of bored or they'll think about something else to do. I'll go to clean the cat's bowl to feed them, but I'll clean it and not feed the cat. And then often I have no memory of what I've done or I haven't done. So then he'll usually start asking me questions. Jane, have you fed the cat? And I'm like, I don't know. I went over to the bowl. I can't see if I did it or not. And someone pointing that out to you makes you kind of realize that you're not actually achieving tasks. You're just running around. And that comes back to one of the analogies that I had about a car revving in a driveway. Because by not achieving all of the tasks or any of the tasks, you're just kind of like wearing yourself out, but you're still kind of going to go back and redo a lot of it. One also thing that helps me is to try and get people to help you make decisions where you know you're going to struggle. For example, I am completely incapable of making any large decisions for my children, and I'm very aware of that now. Picking a school, picking, you know, maybe an appointment for them to go to an after school activity. I know that sounds ridiculous, but the amount of research and thinking that goes into it is so extreme that now I usually just get my husband to help me because I know it's going to save me about 10 hours. So I'll say to him, these are the days I'm going to be working. The school holidays are coming up. This is when you're working. What are we going to do with the kids here? If we do this one here, then this will happen and this will impact and I'll go through my crazy ass ideas. And then at the end of it, he will go, I think we'll just put them in the vacation care of school because then they'll, you know, have their friends there. And I'll go, oh, okay, well, that's one way to do it. The other way to do it, I think as well, is to try and get someone that you're really close with to give you a hand. If I have a list of like 20 things, sometimes I will call one of my besties and go, I don't know what I'm doing with this. What do you think? The other day I was changing one of our biggest decisions about where we lived and I got caught in the fantasy and the hyperactivity about doing something completely different to the plan that I've had for the last three years. I called a couple of friends who both confirmed to me that I was having a crazy moment and to just get back on track. So sometimes you can sanity test it with someone that you're really close with or they can just go through your list with them, with you and say, hey, Jane, I don't know what you're doing there. That's not important. Okay, just go buy that. That'll take two seconds. That's a good one. No, that's terrible. What are you doing over here? So feel free to sanity test things or even body double. In one of the earlier episodes, I think it was episode two, we talked about body doubling with a website called Focusmate. Have a look at getting somebody that's actually like a tool online 
to be there with you whilst you're making the decisions to keep you on track. I think that's a really positive one as well. But also be really aware that this is hard. We are not, our brains aren't naturally going to do this easily. I saw online the other day, someone in one of the neurodiverse Facebook groups, they were talking about how neurotypical people can make habits. They made a comment, and I don't know if they're a professional or whether they're just making this up, but they said for neurotypical people, you know, they might get up three times a week for the gym in the morning for like a month, let's say, and then that becomes a habit for them. That's what they're doing. But that's not necessarily true for ADHDers. We still have to make that decision every day to exercise and figure out what to do when we get to the gym. I feel like there's a lot of times in our brains we're on manual and neurotypical people are on automatic. So the simple things can feel quite hard at times. And I think we can be aware of that. We can be okay with that, which is why it's so nice to connect with other neurodiverse women and mothers because you often are going through similar things and there's so much strength in community and I think we need to also drop the stigma. Let's talk about it. So if you have anything to share, you have any feedback, let me know. I would really love you to, while I'm just finishing up at the moment, to hit subscribe. That would be awesome. Send me some feedback. Let me know what you'd love some more of, what you'd like less of, and how you're finding the podcast. This isn't supposed to be about me. This is about us. So feel free to tell me what you love, what you don't love. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Take care until next time.